Welcome to the Harry Potter Virgin, where three Potterheads guide a Wizarding World Virgin on their first journey from platform nine and three quarters. On this show, our resident muggle Rob will share his experience of reading the original Harry Potter series for the first time in his 30-something years. He'll be helped along the way by three veterans of the Potterverse. This is series five, episode three, The Robble and Most Ancient House of Rob. Today, we'll be reviewing chapters five and six of Order of the Phoenix. They are The Order of the Phoenix and no, the oh, that was never going to go well, was it? The, the most ancient house. To help me set the scene, let me bring in my co-hosts. Welcome, Millers. Hello. And Bill. Messi Gota Ruin Sinabodawadido. Wow, that was long. What are yeah. you? What was that in Welsh? Um, I met someone who knows your sister yesterday. I bet you need to say that a lot where you live. <laughs> I have to say that a lot with you two because you've got loads of sisters. But like, yeah. True. That's true. Yeah, for new listeners, um, Philippa, one of the potheads here, resident on the Harry Potter Virgin, she's learning Welsh. She is Welsh, but she's learning Welsh. Learning Welsh. Because um, as we all know from the early seasons of Gavin and Stacey in particular, nobody in Wales speaks Welsh. Apart from that guy. Um, Powell. <laughs> I love Gavin and Stacey. Proper, really good. proper good show, proper good comedy that is. Um, so, has anyone got anything to say? I've got some housekeeping. Okay, but do you have something to say or do you have some <laughs> housekeeping? Because this is... I have some housekeeping. Okay, okay, but does anyone have anything to say? I've got some housekeeping. <laughs> okay, that was, I've got something to say. <laughs> Anyone got I was just going to say sorry that it's been like it's been ages and like we've had a few like messages been like when are we getting the next one because Phil um, say it in Welsh say it in Welsh Phil what sorry people, mes- people messaging no no say say <laughs> sorry in Welsh um well I thought it was Roimbleen which is what Sky says for sorry which is what they teach them earlier on but the a proper way of saying I'm sorry is man drug de vie. Well, man drew de vie. To man, no, mine drug de vie. Mine drug de vie. Yeah, mine exactly. drug de vie. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, man drug de vie. Yeah, we are sorry. We have had a few um, scheduling issues, technical issues. No, Rob, no, Rob, Rob's been the problem. Phil, what was your housekeeping? No, I have more housekeeping. Oh. Yeah, it's like tennis. Oh. Phil? Um, <laughs> um, both of my children have had chicken pox since the last time we recorded. Oh, that's, that's good. That's fun. Hang on, last time we recorded, did Sky have chicken pox? No, she didn't. Can't no, okay. So, so long ago. So since we last recorded, both of my children have had chicken pox. Oh, how's that? Oh, shit, if I'm honest. Yeah, what's bad about it? Do you know what? Neither of them had it that bad. It's just relentless. Mm. But they barely had any actual chicken pox. So think about the fact that some kids are like covered in head from head to toe mm. so well i'm glad they've had the pox yeah. um pox that's, that's done um is that your you're done with that housekeeping i can pass it back to millers now yeah and then go right back to you millers millers 
Uh, I went back to work. Oh, yeah. Did you? Yeah. Oh, God. It's actually really good that we didn't end up recording last week because it would have been, like, really, really, really sad. <laughs> Millers loves her job. So, have you... So, obviously... Yeah. I know I know you do. It's a joke. Yeah. Obviously, the, the baby's in childcare now. Yeah. How's that? Um, well, he doesn't want to be in childcare. No, he doesn't like it. To be clear, I, I drop our baby off every morning and he's, yeah. he's absolutely fine. Yeah. And when I, he doesn't like complain or anything. And when I pick him up, he's largely fine, unless Miller's is there, then he kicks off. Yeah, they, do, they don't like, they don't like mummies leaving him. They don't like mummies picking them up, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> he never realises that mummy's leaving because she like sneaks out the back door while he's yeah. you know, not aware. Yeah. But no, it's it's really weird. It's weird. But this is not a parenting podcast. This is no, thank God. Harry Potter podcast. We had. It felt like a parenting podcast there, didn't it? I think <laughs> the listeners know. Obviously, the listeners who know us, which is about eighty-five percent of them, know that we have kids. But I think we, the real fans are aware that we've got kids. No, but they I don't, are. I don't. Yeah, but I don't think we talk about them as much as we just. Can did. I um? Can I just get a few? A few of the lads that I want to join us on this podcast, just wait there. You'll have to talk amongst yourselves one second. Okay. I have no idea what she's doing. I don't know I'm if she's forgot worries. she's forgotten that we don't edit anymore. What's she done? Um, anyway, why don't we start while she's collecting whatever she's collecting, talking about the chapters? Millers, what did you think of these chapters? We had the eponymous Order of the Phoenix chapter. Always like an eponymous chapter. Yeah, well, I always think it's, I always thought it was a bit of a letdown. Um, because in that, when Harry gets to go into the meeting, I was always like annoyed that like, they don't, oh my God. Okay, what are these? They Philip... don't actually learn much. Philip has come back with... Is this from a, um, an... Advent calendar. We've got to. No. This is an audio format. Yeah. We've got to keep describing. Philip, what is this? Okay. There's a word for these. What are they there called? is. What are they called, Phil? I don't know. Like basically, um, basically, I came into the kitchen on Monday, and there were like twenty of these. <laughs> okay, so for the benefit of the listeners, what we're looking at here is there. You're right, Millers. There is a name for them. They're like little cute. Um, figurines and they've got very large heads very large heads and yeah what are they called i don't know but we remember like pace yeah yeah look it up phil and if you're listening and we haven't figured it out let us know phil we're talking about the chapters we're starting Mm. with phoenix as i said um always good to have the chapter that's the name of the book that's exciting oh i love that yeah and um, millers was saying something about when harry goes into the meeting what were you saying millers no i was just saying i you know like he they didn't want to let him in the meeting and then he joined not in the meeting but like they don't want to talk to him about the order and then they overrule molly and they do yeah. I feel like he doesn't actually learn anything and then suddenly it's like right that's enough you're going to bed interesting I was going to bring yeah. this deep dive so let's let's come back to no, that those, those are just my thoughts well that's fine to have thoughts I love thoughts everyone needs thoughts they're oh, called well. pop figures pop figures yeah I feel like um, that's a Welsh name for them I feel like there's a real name for them no that's I what it says I think you're so good at Welsh you haven't realised that you're good <laughs> at Welsh look that's it isn't it 
Yeah. yeah, but I think, do you know what I mean? I think they're like Dick Powell's got them off the back of <laughs> That's what it is, isn't it? And Gavin and Stacey's that yeah. kind of trying to like flog cheap meat and stuff. I think that <laughs> Dick Powell version, the pop figures, they've got a name. Anyway, this is so, this is dreadful. We're, we're doing editing and we're yeah. getting nowhere. I agree. I think this is, this is really. <laughs> right. You, 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 Phil, you've got, you've got five to 10 words about Noble Lemo Station, House of Black. Oh, Second. great chapter. Love it. Our great chapter. Mm. I was doing syllables then. Yeah, that was good. Millers? Yeah. So mine. You didn't have anything to say about the second chapter. Oh, the second chapter. I like Creature. Yeah, I think it's great. It's spunky. It's like it moves the story forward, but it's also um, quite intricate. It's unexpected. I think Rob will really like it. I think Rob's going to love Creature too. I'm really looking forward to getting him in. Shall we bring him in? Yeah. Yeah, by the way, I have something to say once Rob's here. Oh, okay. No problem. Okay. Here oh, he, just here he What's he going to be wearing? What's he going to be wearing? <laughs> <laughs> it's always the most interesting part of the podcast. Here he comes. Here he comes. Oh, we're not on gallery view. We've only got a tiny view of him. Oh, he's got a lovely chunky <laughs> knit on. <laughs> last time. He's got a lovely chunky knit on. The winter really has yeah. set in now. Hello, Rob. Hello. No, do it properly. Hello, Rob. Oh, sorry, all right, nerds. <laughs> sorry, I didn't see you there. <laughs> As he puts the book down. Yeah, how are you doing? You well? I'm good. Yeah, how are you? What's what's going on here? Are we going to reference these little characters? Yeah, so there's there's three that are with us tonight. I've got Dumbledore, Professor McGonagall, and I believe I think that's Karkaroff. Yeah, that's Karkaroff for sure. Yeah. Little beard, isn't he? Yeah, but there'll be different ones next week because, like I said, I've got about 20. Next week, we'll we'll pop, we should pop up the ones we're going to show on Instagram and then Rob should have a guess. Oh, oh yeah. well, well, actually, speaking of Instagram, I've got two things to say about Instagram. Um, number one, when, because we were talking about like um, Rob's house. And oh, how- yeah. Um, is Rob been booked not allowed anything in it and yeah. um and like our different houses I put a picture of our living room on Instagram and asked people to like guess whose it was mm. obviously like only the real fans mm. um and everyone thought it was Rob's yeah, yeah. that was your living room was it yeah, yeah but I think that we tricked them because like obviously it was like a pre-baby photo so there's no like baby That's shit so sly yeah it's a bit, um, bit tidy. Yeah. And like no bounce or anything, any of the gross stuff. What was the what? other thing you had to say about Instagram? Oh, the other thing was that obviously last time, see, everything, it was so long ago, I can't even remember it. But Rob had the idea of people sending you photos of them dressing up as Harry Potter characters. Yeah, he did. And oh, yeah. And basically, like, like we've got like one photo. <laughs> yeah, no, but no, no, but that, that's that didn't that, send that, to you. Yeah, no, I, no, that's from that was sent to me as well. Oh, so that's the one. No, I am not using that one. It's actually the same. Oh, it's actually the same. <laughs> Successful feature, then. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> one of the top features. Interaction. <laughs> this podcast is all about interaction. Would you, would you like to see it, Rob? Why don't yeah, we do- well, we've got one. Let's do it, Muggle Mouth. We need to move on. This is dead air. <laughs> if people came in for like a review of these chapters, they've already switched off. Rob, <laughs> hot take 
Chapter five, The Order of the Phoenix. Information. <laughs> okay. It's a catch up. That's like the opposite of what I thought. Yeah, that is the opposite of what you thought, which is interesting. Rob, chapter six, The Noble and Most Ancient House of Black. Hot take, please. Uh, loincloth. is the hottest of takes you got nothing else to add just one word hot takes this week okay well i quite like that very hot piping yeah um steaming take phil have you got a walkthrough then of i have five the order of the phoenix yeah okay so the chapter opens sirius brings them into the kitchen um where there lots of papers and it looks like things like drawings are quickly cleared away um who's there who's in the kitchen i just want to say just, just the word drawings it's just uh, drawings it's like, just makes it sound like there's a load of crayon pictures on the that table. is the freaking state of like my house is just oh, they're like blueprints drawings. They're, they're like plans blueprints no, i'm pretty sure it's crayola and yeah doodles like like black lines of frozen characters and they're all just colouring them in. Right, yeah. So, sorry to interrupt. Sorry. Um, so who's there, Rob? Ooh, Weasley. Mother Weasley is there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sirius Black. Yeah. Some, all the others are there yeah, as well. Who, yeah. Who's there? All the other ones who, who were in the flying squad. So it's pretty much all the Weasleys, isn't it? Yes. But, but I don't think Charlie's there. Oh, Bill's there with his ponytail again, isn't Bill's he? Bill's there with his ponytail. Very specific um, about mentioning the ponytail quite often. Um, yeah. Flatch, Mundungus Flatch is there. Yeah. And we kind of starting to get to know Mundungus a little bit more here. Um, obviously, you've got, yeah, Tonks, Lupin... Yeah, all the big names. And anyone who's anyone is, is there, basically. Um, and what do we kind of learn from Sirius that's been going on so far? They've been in the order. They've created the order. No, they've, not, they've just sort of gathered. Yeah, and... they, they've kind of reformed the order. Yeah, mm. like, like steps. Exactly like steps. <laughs> And um, they've set up HQ in... Is that a Steps? Steps house. pond. Yeah, HQ. HQ. Nice. Um, yeah. In Sirius's old family home. Yes, yeah. And Sirius kind of makes, like... Uh, what's, like, what's Sirius's vibe? He's a bit grumpy. He's yeah. a bit, bit grizzly, doesn't really want to be there. Uh, what in the house? Don't, no, does want to be there. Does doesn't want to be there later on. But at this stage, he's grumpy because he's not really allowed to be involved or do much to help. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he can't really. He's not really being allowed to get out and do anything. So he makes a comment like, um, "Um, I offered Dumbledore this house, and he says something like about the only useful thing I've been able to do for the order mm. or something like that." So mm. we're getting the sense that there's quite a lot of resentment. And I think that kind of really bonds him and Harry, doesn't it? Um, and he says to Sirius, like, well, I've been locked up. How do you think I feel? And how does Sirius like, respond to him? Have you, have you dyed your hair? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Oh, nice. Thanks. Where's that come from? I just noticed. It's darker, not on the eyes. Yeah, it's way darker. Yeah, it's darker. Thanks. 
Brilliant. What was the question? How to serious respond to Harry kind of being a bit resentful of the fact that he's been locked up, not told anything? They're having like a bit of a sort of competition back and forth about who's at it worse, yeah. basically. And and sort of Sirius is winding him up a bit like a sort of, like an uncle would, I guess. Yeah, and he's like, well, at least you're able to get into a few scraps or whatever. Mm. Um, okay, so they're, they're having... They're having dinner. What do you think? Um, what do you think of Mendengus Fletcher's stories to um, the twin Weasley twins? Oh yeah, he's he's sort of a um, he's sort of like Fagin. Yeah, he's, he's a bit. He's a bit of a Fagin. He's, like he's a bit he's of a boy, isn't he? Yeah, he's obviously telling some some rough stories, which uh, Mother Weasley doesn't approve of. No, she doesn't like it at all. I remember, I'm just remembering this now, kind of being back in this kitchen. And the first time I ever read it, I remember feeling really disappointed that, like, dinner wasn't made when they got down there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know when I'm you're... hungry. You know, right, you know when you call for dinner and you get there and then you have to watch someone make it. You're like, <laughs> right, you call me when it's done. Do you know what I mean? Well, we used to just like smash the cutlery on the table while we waited, <laughs> impatient, just like smashing like this. Boom, boom, boom! Absolutely Sh- awful. Showering abuse at our single mother, I think. Yeah, poor Rosie. So, um, we also learned something quite important about the Weasley twins, don't we? When they um, slide a dish along the table, what like what have we learned about them? Oh, that they've come of age. They've come of age. That's right. They've started to notice hair in places it didn't grow before. Like stuff. <laughs> Maybe their armpits are a bit sweaty. Uh. Yeah. And they've they've learnt to apparate, and they're they, like sort of, you know, they've they keep saying they're of age. Yeah, that's a bit of a um because becoming of age, which is um seventeen years old in the wizard in the wizarding world. Because it does mean that you're able to use um, magic outside of school legally. It is a, it's a term that is used quite a lot coming of age in, in the books from here on in. So it's kind of good to get your head around why that's such a big thing at this age. Does that make sense? Yep, got it. Um, so for, for pudding, I don't know if you remember what they had... Oh, uh, crumble. Yeah, it was rhubarb crumble. crumble. And I believe it was with custard. Yeah, okay. Mm. And I was just thinking, I love rhubarb crumble and custard. That's a really nice... Coming, I knew this was coming. (laughs) Nice segue, Phil. That was smooth. (laughs) But, like, what I was thinking is... It's seasonal, is it? It's not a very summer dish. No. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's not the crumble that you have in August. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think that Grim Old Place has got like nice French doors that you open up onto. Like I get what you mean. You know like, what I mean? Weasley, there's no way Molly Weasley is not cooking seasonally. Exactly. Mm. Where's she getting it? Well, the rhubarb. Yeah. You can get you can get rhubarb all year round. Yeah, you no, you can, but she wouldn't be because she'd be going to like the farmers market. Maybe serious scent creature. I don't know. Maybe they do online. 
And they like, are, they're in the middle of London. 1994, isn't it? I don't think yeah. online shopping existed. I suppose they're in the middle of London. So I don't know, are they going to muggle shops? As I imagine, like diagonally, I think it's a lot more seasonal. Sorry, just are we... in general, you don't tend to have like crumble and custard in summer. Yeah, I know. We're going to move on now, Phil. So what you was do an next... eaten mess. What was the next point? I on... hate eaten mess. I hate anything. Oh, with the agenda. I love eaten mess. Who's got an agenda? Okay, so there's a lot of kind of tensions building up, um, and we learn what the order of the phoenix. Why is he in the order? I don't know what I'm talking about then. But there's a lot of um, tensions building up and Sirius brings up, yes, yeah, Sirius brings up Voldemort. So as the mm. plate's getting cleared away, it's Sirius who says, you surprised me, Harry. I thought you were going to barge in here asking questions about Voldemort. And basically it all kicks off. But Rob, I want to know what you thought about this. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty bad form on all, all sides, isn't it? They're sort of arguing in front of Molly and Sirius are arguing in front of Harry. <laughs> like Molly at one point's like he hasn't got anyone else. It's a bit 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 harsh. Right. And uh yeah, it's it's just like, you know, the sort of adult child divide, the curtain is drawn down. Okay, I've got a few questions. So I it one thing that struck me the first time I read this was it feels like there's a lot of almost blame towards Sirius for being in Azkaban, which obviously wasn't what he wanted. So I always felt that that was a bit unfair. But as it goes on, you kind of see why. Like, he is quite immature still, Sirius. But whose side were you on? Because we know you, Rob, you're quite boring. Were you with... <laughs> Molly thinking like oh don't tell him anything oh protect Harry or that kind of crap no I was, I was with Sirius I wanted to just I wanted the information out there okay yeah you just wanted to act there yeah. what about the fact that it seems that Dumbledore doesn't really want Harry knowing too much did that yeah. swear you at all are you like what do you think is going on there no I'm with Harry on this one they want I want all the information just tell him everything you think yeah, yeah Even get it all out even though he's clearly erratic and hormonal. All right. Well, you're a square. No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> putting it out there. I just, you know what Harry's like. He can annoy you quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, raging hormones at 15. Mm. But you think just tell him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See what he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does Lupin think? uh he's he's kind of a bit of a middle ground he's like you know probably tell him some stuff all all the like weasley mr weasley breaks ranks as well yeah so mrs weasley's fighting a losing battle okay so there's a very kind of brief bit well there's there's actually there's there's a bit here where it all kicks off with Fred and George and then Ginny's kind of forcibly removed and it all kicks off there. But um, once Ginny's gone, um, the question is what Harry wants to know is where is Voldemort and what's he doing? Why hasn't he been killing anyone? What's been going on? And what do we find out? He's basically staying... Uh, he's doing it in the shadows, isn't he? Yeah, he's staying That's... off the radar. Yeah, he doesn't want to doesn't want to bring too much attention on himself mm-hmm. um yeah he's, pl- he's playing it cool playing it by ear and what recruiting the- some uh or sort of tricking 
some people into being his his crew um yeah. yeah are you talking about the imperious case yeah he's doing a bit of that isn't he he's doing a bit of like sort of trying to get people on side yeah okay allegedly so i'm going to go through it in, in a little bit more kind of detail so really? so basically yeah <laughs> i'm worried that you scan reds uh i, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> scan read as such i can't read that fast that's my my concern. So basically, they point out the fact that Harry messed up Voldemort's return because Harry wasn't supposed to survive. Yes. And the, they believe that Voldemort's strategy was always to act under the radar, radar, pass Harry's death off as some sort of accident that happened during the tournament. Um, and but Harry was a witness. But Harry ended up being a witness. Harry's told Dumbledore, so now the Ministry are doing She's everything up. they can to discredit Dumbledore. And we learn that he's been sacked from the Wizengamart. Um, yeah, he's getting all sorts of criticism from, from different places. Um, and um, there's a big power struggle going on between Fudge, who is refusing to believe that Voldemort is back and Dumbledore and this also means that the Imperious Curse is a big problem because nobody's believing that Voldemort is back so behind the scenes people people within the Order of the Phoenix are trying to convince other people that Voldemort is back and they need to be aware and join the fight and all these kinds of things how does the chapter end there's kind of a bit of a revelation towards the end um, is this that Harry's still wearing pyjamas at the age of 15? No. Do you wear pyjamas? I imagine you wear pyjamas. Obviously not, no. I haven't worn pyjamas since I was about eight. Obviously not. What do you... <laughs> <laughs> like, on your ninth birthday, you just stripped off and were like, absolutely not, man. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's not all talk over each other. Miller's made this point that he goes to boarding school. Rob, obviously, oh, yeah. pajamas. He's not going to be naked in like their like communal bedroom. Anyway, Rob, what everyone with a calendar wants to know is, what do you wear to bed? <laughs> I just wear a pair of boxer shorts. Oh, really? Or um, absolutely nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah. that is. Do you wear pajamas, King? I wear like what you might call, I suppose, like pajamary bottoms, mm. like kind of like soft bottoms. Yeah. But then I'll just wear like a shirt like this. It's just like an old, just an old shirt. Yeah, like a t-shirt kind of thing. So yeah. you're wearing that in bed? This? Yeah. What's wrong with that? You're fully clothed in bed, mate. I'm not fully clothed. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wearing a suit, is he? Ready for the day. You're wearing trousers you know, and a t-shirt. And like but, yeah, but also, uh, we, we only have the, like, cover-up to, like, our waists. Interesting. Like, you're so what tall? sort of... What no. sort of... <laughs> There's a baby in there. Oh, right. Oh, I see. What sort of tog? What sort of tog are you rocking? Mm. Uh, depends on time of year. No, it doesn't. We only have one. And it's <laughs> oh, right. I thought you meant, like, the tog on my, like... Um, <laughs> what what talk is it? This is very important. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, mate. It's a it's a summer one because I don't like being warm in bed. 
What are we talking? Three and a half, four and a half? I don't know. Bob, I don't know the togs, mate. I know that when Arthur's when Arthur's in two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't count. Oh. <laughs> we need to move on. <coughs> we have a semi duvet and a winter duvet. There was a big revelation at the end of the chapter. It wasn't Harry's pajamas, Rob. Any further thoughts on what it might have been? But they i'm struggling for this what is it phil okay so there's just a little hint um oh he, he's that he's looking for something and he and harry oh, says oh, yeah his oh, big oh. weapon yes exactly he <laughs> says oh well Sorry. he doesn't need anything he's got the uh, he's got the avida cadabricus for that and they yeah. said oh and something he didn't have last time um, so there's a weapon i bet you were like i bet your mind was spinning what could the weapon be? Yeah, no, I, I didn't really massively pick up on that weapon point. Right, okay. Thinking yeah. about it now. Big sword. Oh, it's really big, like a machete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why would he need a sword? So, I don't know. It's this kind a of wand. It's kind of gear, isn't it? To people remotely, he doesn't have to go near them with a sword. <laughs> I thought you might say nukes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gonna yeah, body nuke him. It's cottoned on to the nukes. So um yeah, so the the um the chapter kind of ends with that and um it all kind of gets shut down then. Um Mrs. Weezy says that that's enough and um Lupin kind of doesn't protest to that. Um, Harry says that he wants to join the order and he doesn't see why he shouldn't be able to, but they point out it's because he's not of age. At which point the twins pipe up and say that they want to join the order. And why do they say the twins can't join the order? They're still at school. Yeah, because they're still at school. Um, any thoughts on that or no? No thoughts. No thoughts. Great. Okay, and then they they that's that's it. That's the end of the chapter. So I'll pass over to um, King and Miller's. Phil, are you are you a bit ill? Yeah, I am ill actually. I don't know what's wrong though. I think it's a cold. I had another COVID jab. I've had four now. We're not allowed another one. I'm moving on. So Harry, Ron, <laughs> and the twins discuss. We're in the noble house of black now, chapter six. Um, and they're discussing what the weapon Voldemort is after could be and wonder if it could be hidden at Hogwarts, like the Philosopher's Stone was. Uh, the next day, the group congregate in the drawing room and they... Are they all sleeping in the same room? No. Uh, no, they're not. The Weasley twins can apparate in and out of their, their bedrooms. What do you think about that? Bit weird, isn't it? Would you start wearing pyjamas? Uh... <laughs> Well, it's more the sort of, I don't know what, Ginny, Hermione, they're all in. No, they're They're going to apparate into their sister's bedroom to catch her by surprise. No, no, but is is everyone else not in there together? Uh, No, I think Harry and Ron have a room and then the girls have a room. Harry are probably sharing a room. Rob, it's a a book written by J.K. Rowling, yeah. It's going to be gender-divided bedrooms. (laughs) So, (laughs) serious... Also, so the next day they're in the drawing room and they try and get rid of the doxy infestation, right? Mm. And Sirius enters, and who does he reveal is living upstairs? 
like in his bedroom or is being kept upstairs? It's a creature. No, 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 no. He's got a bag of rats to feed him. Oh, sorry. Yeah. The um, hippogriff. Yeah. Name of Buckbeak. What's his name? Buckbeak. Sorry. I thought that was his name. Yeah. See, they use the, the alias Witherwings because Buckbeak technically is still a convicted hippogriff. Right. Yeah. So Sirius also has a quick look and he confirms that there's a boggart in the writing desk in the drawing room, which was sort of referred to earlier as like, Mm -hmm. that was when Sirius and Mrs. Weasley were kind of being sort of pretend civil with one another, kind Mm -hmm. of like chit chat about cleaning up the house. Um, So the group start paralyzing the doxies and they're sort of chucking these little creatures into into a bucket. And... Fred and George keep a few of the doxies back for themselves. And why do they want their doxy venom? Oh, because it's for their joke shop, isn't it? They are, um, they want to experiment with it because they're making yeah. all sorts of shit. Exactly. And who are they experimenting on? Oh, themselves. They're testing it themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should do it themselves, don't they? Which is like fair play. You know, if you're going to do potentially dangerous experiments, doing it on one another. Uh, yeah. so fair enough. Harry's relieved that his funding of the twins sort of enterprise, the little startup money that he gave them is unknown to Mrs. Weasley um, because he thinks she definitely wouldn't approve of them, you know, mucking about in this way when they're supposed to be going into their final year at Hogwarts with their final exams and everything like that. So as this is going on, various members of the order of the Phoenix are like coming and going and we get a bit of insight into the kind of day-to-day running of things, delivering news, checking in. Uh, Mungungus arrives and Mrs. Weasley sort of chastises him for bringing in the stolen cauldrons that we heard about a couple of chapters ago. And the portrait of Mrs. Black is kind of repeatedly set off. So we're getting like a lot of, you know, kind of colour and character about about, uh, number 12 Grimmauld Place and what it's like to be there. Then, house elf enters, and what does this little house elf, house, sorry, house elf look like, Rob? He's got a loincloth on, he's naked, he's grubby, he's a filthy little... He's not little... naked if he's got a loincloth on, is he? Sorry, other than the loincloth, he's naked. The loincloth's all stained and, like, sort of horrible. Yeah. Um, and that is Creature. Yeah, that is Creature, the house elf that belongs to um, the noble and most ancient house of Black, which we'll come to again in a moment. And what curious habit does Creature have? He's, he's, um, he's basically like, he's, he's obviously sort of deferential because he's the house elf, but also he hates everyone who is in charge of him. Yeah, and how does that manifest? Just sort of racist outbursts, and then and then um, and then he kind of sort of has to also do the stuff they are asking. Yeah, so he kind of has to do this thing where, like in his big voice, he addresses them directly. And you're right, he's deferential and does all the bowing and the, you know, yes, master and all that kind of thing. But then between that, he mutters to himself, but audibly. Uh, yeah, and yeah, he's. You know, horrible speaking down um, about everybody. He doesn't like them being there, does he? What's his relationship like with Sirius? It's pretty, pretty bad. Hates him, but kind of has to obey him. Yeah. Um, 
they he's obviously of, like a bit of a perv. Sorry? Sorry, repeat that. He's a bit of a... He's a bit of a perv, isn't he? Because he's doing the stuff with the trousers. He's caught doing some stuff with his trousers. What? What's gone on there? Has, can anyone connect what he's saying here? I've lost completely. Miller's has lost mean, it. Like the bit where he says, oh, I, I caught him crying over my mother's old... No, at one point he's, he's he finds him like with his face in some old trousers. He's snogging them. <laughs> Sorry, that's 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 reference. What book are you reading? I'm not sure what that reference is. Sirius, I even imagine this. Sirius says he walks in at some point and yeah, it's creature quite, it's has like my mother's old bloomers, isn't it, or something like that? No, creature has the the trousers on his face. His father's trousers. <laughs> I've I lost think... this. I've totally lost this. He's got, got his trousers on his face. Right. Yeah. Right, you guys carry on. I'll find yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Phil, find it. Rob, you're talking to me. You'll come back, back to me, Rob. Get your face out of that book. Right. So Creature says he's cleaning, but he's actually mm. sneaking off with items that he doesn't want them to throw away. Because yeah. he knows they're trying to clean out the house. So Creature's yeah. trying to kind of hoard these things before they throw order. What does Hermione say about Creature? Uh, she, well, she's like, she's a bit conflicted, isn't she? Because she, she's, she's saying, oh, we should just let him free because she's got the old house elf policy. Mm. But she, he is also obviously slagging her off. Yeah. On account of the old mudblood. Yeah. So... She believes in like nurture big time, doesn't she? She she thinks like creatures like that because people are mean to him. Yeah. And Sirius is like, you you don't know the half of it. You know, he's just a nasty little thing. Um yeah. so then going back to the black family who creature belongs to. So he belongs to the house, mm. which is the house of black, and Sirius is the only living black remaining which is what we find out because Sirius shows Harry the black family tapestry which traces the black family back to the middle ages what did Sirius's mother do to his name to black's name yeah to Sirius's name sort of she's removed it from the uh, family tree yeah why has she done that Just, uh, disgrace to me he's a disgrace he's not not on their side. Yeah, but more specifically, say more. Azkaban. No, no that's right. I'll, I'll, that's okay. I'll fill it. I'll fill in the gap. You're right. It, yeah, he's he's kind of estranged from the family because he wouldn't subscribe to their um, sort of pure blood philosophy. The the philosophy that's represented by Voldemort, which is pure blooded wizards are superior. They shouldn't mix mate with muggles. Um, shouldn't be kind of like diluting the purity of the blood, all, all this all this nasty stuff. And Sirius says that he basically left the house when he was a teenager, was kicked out. And where did he find a second home? Um, don't know. Don't know where he found a second home. That's all right. Work backwards. Who do we know he had a good relationship with? Dumbledore. The, his mates from school. Hogwarts. One of his mates was James. James Potter. Potter. So James's parents' house was basically where oh, Sirius went 
classic kind of thing as a teenager you get kicked out one of your best mates parents kind of you know take you in um harry also learns that sirius had a brother mm. regulus what happened to this little fella he died bit more any more he died yeah <laughs> yeah was regulus kind of kicked out of the house like sirius was no he he believed him he was on the on the family side yeah he went a bit in too deep with it ended up in voldemort's circle right and yeah he he died basically mm. So, it also shows this tapestry that Sirius is related to a former Hogwarts headmaster. Um, Lucius Malfoy is also on there. And Tonks, via, via one of Sirius's cousins. And what does Sirius explain about the so-called pure-blood families? They're all inbred, basically, aren't they? They're it's all connected. Yeah, it's like a, a numbers game. There's only so many of them, so they're going to be kind of interrelated and intermarried. It's like, I mean, I don't know what Millers and Phil think, but is it a kind of, it's kind of like a landed gentry kind of yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. allegory, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit kind of the, yeah, the landed gentry upper classes. Only being, mixed with each other. Yeah, they only mix with each other. They don't want to dilute the blood or whatever. So... The Blacks are also related, we see on the tapestry, to a family called the Lestrange family. And that's a name that sounds familiar to Harry, although he can't quite place it until Sirius fills him in on them. Can you remember, Rob, where Harry had heard the name before? Yes, from Azkaban. She was in Azkaban. Yes, a couple of Lestranges were in Azkaban with Sirius. And do you remember... We saw their trial during um, a trip into the pensive in the Goblet of Fire. Do you remember what they'd done? They'd killed someone? Were they the ones who were on trial with uh, the fella's son? Yes. That's exactly right. They were right. on trial with Barty Crouch Jr. But they and... hadn't killed someone, had they? Do you remember? No, they hadn't quite killed them. Tortured someone? Yes. The parents of a Mr. Neville... Ah, oh, yeah, long bottom. Yeah, it's all tied yeah. together, isn't it, Bob? It's all tied together. It's all very clever. It is. All tied together. So, yeah, these Lestranges, including Bellatrix Lestrange, who I think you were referring to when she said she, um, and her husband, I think, both went to Azkaban for basically torturing the long bottoms who were auras. I thought it was Bellatrix Black. No, she married. She married a Lestrange. Yeah, she married Bellatrix. a Lestrange. That is is a is a pretty strong name, isn't it? That's <laughs> strange, yeah. It's quite thinly veiled uh, characterization, isn't it? Mister mm. Bad, she's called them. Um, how does Sirius feel in general? I know we talked about it a bit before, but oh, he's a bit bit aggy, does a bit angsty, doesn't really want to be there. Yeah, doesn't like it. Whole thing depresses him, doesn't it? And talking understandably about, so. Yeah, yeah, talking about this tapestry making him sort of talk about his family and think about his family it, it kind of it sums up how he feels he hates having to interact with it and basically being a part of it so can you try and summarize because they talk about this 
Or can you try and summarise the, the protection that Dumbledore has put onto the house? Yeah, lots of um, lots of protection. There was already loads of curses from his dad, from Black's dad, mm-hmm. um, which meant that basically no muggles could get to the house. And yeah. then Dumbledore's yeah. put a load of like other sort of secret locks on it, and only he knows the keys. So basically it's the safest house in the game yeah so they mentioned yeah the black family had loads of like anti-muggle stuff on it because they're right in the middle of london but they hate muggles so it's things like unplottable um but there's also a, a charm on it now called the fidelius charm which is i think what you were talking about when you said that dumbledore put his secret locks on it and only he mm. and that's that's kind of how that charm works if Dumbledore tells somebody where the headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix is, then they magically are able to access it. But until Dumbledore and Dumbledore alone has told them, they will never be able to get there. And that's why, do you remember in one of the previous chapters, they had to show Harry a scrap of paper that literally read, the Order of the Phoenix headquarters can be found at number 12 Grimmauld Place. And once Harry's read that information, he can then look up and see a house that wasn't there moments ago. And do you remember where we've heard of that before? Do you remember that? Do you remember where we've heard of that before? Um, I, I cannot at this time. That's all right. We're building. We're building your knowledge of the universe here. This is all. This is all important information. That was the charm that Harry's parents had on their house when they went into hiding. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's just the old switcheroo, the switcheroo with Pettigrew and Sirius. Like, mm. they thought they were under threat from Voldemort, so they went into hiding, and everyone thought that Sirius was their, like, secret locksmith guy, the guy with the codes. Mm. But actually, it was Pettigrew. They, they switched it at the last minute. Do you remember that? I still caught him snogging a pair of my father's old trousers. Right, he's lost. Right, okay. okay. I looked at it, I couldn't find it. Yes, there. Rob, I think think that might have been a joke. (laughs) I think that might have been an in-universe joke by Sirius. For the lols. Rob, do you know when he's like, oh, do you remember, like, when... Sirius and Pettigrew, like, they thought they'd switch places and people didn't know. Do you remember... (laughs) Well, I'll be honest, he, he might, but he wasn't concentrating because he was trying to find the line. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was. I was. I just need oh. you to... I, I can't gloss over that. We'll come back to it. Okay. But yes. We'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to yes, it. Yes, I do remember that. Was, well, I, I don't remember, but I remember you telling me that he... <laughs> he... had to read it on a bit of paper. Yeah, so it's called the Fidelius Charm, right? Yeah. It's called the Fidelius Charm. It's on number 12 Grimmel Place, so only Dumbledore can let people know where it is. And it was on Harry Parent's house. And that's yes. how it got done, because they thought, we'll switch it to Pettigrew. Nobody will target him and go after him. They didn't yeah. realise he was a double agent. He was agent. a wrong one. Yes. He gave it to Voldemort. They he leaked it. For. They were done for. Awful. So, Sirius... Oh, lost my place. Sirius... Sirius asks if it would be acceptable um, for him to accompany Harry to the ministry for his hearing, but Dumbledore sends Mr. Weasley instead. Thoughts on that? 
Yeah, it's, it's Dumbledore's calling all the shots, isn't he? Um, he was trying to go as the dog, wasn't he? But yeah, no go. Exactly. Yeah, so Dumbledore won't let Sirius out. So there's this sense that Sirius is feeling really cooped. And Harry, um, you know, puts on his clothes, gets ready. And yeah, he's off to the Ministry of Magic for a hearing. Must be stressful being Dumbledore. He's got to control everything. Mm. Unbelievable. You don't know the half of it, oh, mate. I think you don't know like, the half of it, mate. Chill out. He's like, um, you know. Oh. Yeah. It's like, why is it too stressful? Too stressful. I think there's like a lot going on, isn't there? Like there's an imminent attack mm. going on. So he's probably quite heightened. His senses are probably quite heightened. Do you think that's fair enough that? Dumbledore didn't want Sirius to go as a dog because I yeah, do think that's fair enough. Like I don't like Sky taking a scooter to Sainsbury's. Do you know what I mean? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although we, we haven't really encountered Dumbledore at all, haven't we? He's just kind of like this distant kind of controlling, controlling, moving the chess pieces around kind of guy thanks phil there he is um yeah he's moving the chess pieces around on the board do do you think he's when you've encountered dumbledore in the past though do you think he seemed stressed at any point no he seems to seems to have an air of chill i mean he got a bit stressed towards the end Mm. yeah when when the shit hits the fan yeah he's ready yeah yeah he's fairly chill yeah and that's the end of the chapter what i just want to I know I know I typically will focus on maybe a slightly sexual undertone to this text, shall we say. There was yeah. a couple of little, you know, bits and pieces throughout this chapter and I've picked go up then. on other stuff. Sorry? Go, go on then, let us know. What are they? What have we got? Well, no, no. I mean, there are more in my head than everything, but this this is my point, right? Someone gets relieved early on. But my point is that are you gonna to have to be more specific? No, no, no. Someone gets relieved <laughs> by someone else. Anyway, the point is <laughs> what? 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 relieved by who? Right. I uh, think, no, I think we, we we just ignore Rob. I no, just I just want to make a separate point, which is that <laughs> I'm picking up on this stuff and you guys are you know you're all against it. But then we've clearly got here a little sort of pervy elf like with underwear and trousers on his face and stuff and you're just glossing over it like it's not even in the text no i'm recognizing it as a deliberate piece of characterization by the author whereby she's showing that sirius has a sense of humor and he's although he's cooped up he's a bit depressed and he's a bit grim he has these moments of like levity and personality mm that that come through and that is a good example of it and we have seen and heard about <laughs> things like pictures of Sirius at Harry's parents wedding where he's got this like big beaming smile on his face and you get the impression that before the whole Azkaban thing he was a life and soul of the party kind of guy and I think that's the author trying to show us that it's still there underneath mm. I don't think that was meant to be taken literally it also hints at the like he wasn't quite as devoted to him as to my mother 
So if he's snogging the trousers of the father, what's he doing with the mother's <laughs> underwear? Right, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, rating time. What are your ratings? What are your ratings? What are your ratings? What are your ratings? It's ratings time. Rob, let's have a rating then. Um of chapter five, The Order of the Phoenix. It is a P. You are, do you remember the P? Yeah. Are you joking? What do do we really get from it? Everything we kind of know already. Well, you said information. When you sent the chapter up, you said information. Yeah, is in they're given information, but as as they kind of knew it already, didn't they? They say as much at the end. Well, this is a, this is a philosophical debate that I had with Millers, and I don't know if you want to have it now. I'm not up to a philosophical debate. Well, is it a philosophical debate? I think it's a philosophical question, yeah. No, I just think that they don't learn anything. Well, my, well, my point was, when you know absolutely nothing, anything could potentially be true. They get certain confirmations. Yeah, even to be given... Could I possibly finish? Even to be given a tiny amount of information, (laughs) even receiving a tiny amount of information eliminates almost infinite other possibilities. But they're not thinking about the infinite other possibilities. Look, all I'm saying is, how if well, while Harry knows nothing, anything could be true. Yeah. And he gets a little bit of information and it rules out a whole bunch of stuff being true. I'm with Kingy here. Um, no. Rob, that's bullshit. Like, that is bullshit. Rob has given it a P. Fine. Thanks, for your, thanks for your feedback, Phil. <laughs> could we have a rating for the moment? Millis has left. Yeah, Millis has left in, in disgrace. No, not disgrace, in disgust. Um, <laughs> Well, the noble and most ancient house of black. Rating, please. I'm going to give it an A. A. P.A. How long is it since we had a P.A.? Yeah. Fucked up. Bad. That's right. Can I ask, like, you know your jumper, um, and, like, you've got it in lots of colours, and today you're wearing beige? (laughs) No. Well, that is beige, what you're wearing there. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Yeah. Like, it looks quite, um, it looks like a proper, like, Shaun the Sheep jumper. Mm. What brand is it and how much did you spend on that? <laughs> like, are you vintage shopping or, like, what are you doing? No, it's it's new. I don't know. It wouldn't have been a lot. I don't spend a lot. No, like, where's it from? I don't know. The internet? Did you probably buy about, it? Did your mum buy it for you? Like, <laughs> why don't you know? I bought it. I reckon it was probably approx thirty to forty pounds. Yeah. See, I wouldn't say that's cheap. Would you say that's cheap, gang? I don't buy clothes. No. I've got nothing to. Base I'd it say on. like thirty to forty quid on a jumper is. Um, I suppose it is quite standard. If you, yeah, okay, fine. And have you got it in other colours? No, just this one. Yeah. So you bought that one a few times, did you? No, I've just got the one. You've just got the one, okay. Cool. I've just got a very small wardrobe because I don't have any possessions. Pleasant, you've got that walk-in one behind you. <laughs> yes, empty. <laughs> right, muggle mail. So weird. 
Muggle male, Rob. Oh, Rob, why are you so silly? You dress like a muggle and you look like a Weasley. Oh, Rob, what do you think? Your stupid muggle likes to drive our listeners to the brain. Damn, muggle. Can I see this person dressed up then? Cool, and then you're in charge of muggle male. Let's go, because I've got a piece ready here. Okay, you do that while I send Rob a picture. Muggle male from longtime friend of the show, HCB, aka Hot Cross Bun. Did you know? <laughs> The Death Fingers, the Death Fingers, as Rob calls them, is actually called Reynolds disease. And something yeah. that my brother also suffers from. So he's not alone there. Hope that makes him feel better. Thanks very much, mate. Yeah. Maybe we could shake hands one day. For new listeners of the show, um, Rob was complaining, not complaining, mentioning the other week that he's he gets really really cold fingers yeah my mum gets that did I say that when you said that no I'll shake hands with her as well yeah she's got Reynolds disease Phil she has got Reynolds disease HCB's brother also fun fact um he's on the sort of waiting list to be a member of uh, Marylebone Cricket Club I don't understand that's a long old wait what do you mean that's like the cricket club the Lords. yes that one you don't know don't you know what lords is isn't it a stadium in oval is that an oval or is that oval they're different but similar <laughs> both what's lords stadiums. then both good cricket stadiums all money raised what's for both <laughs> millers has, millers has left the room again what is <laughs> worst this is the worst pod ever. <laughs> so bad. I hope that let no one's listening this. to this as the first episode. Right, She's hang on. Let me, let's, let me see this picture. Got one hot drink with her, to be clear. So oh, this is brilliant. Our own hot drink. You just have to look after yourselves. Oh, please. do you? You just have to look after yourselves. Right, what's the muggle mouth for Rob? You said I love this photo, can I say? I've sent Rob a picture. It's of two people. They are two different characters. Yeah, that's abs. I absolutely right. love that. Who have we got there, Rob? On the right hand side, we've got the teacher from the up in the top of the tower. Yeah. What's her name? Oh, she's reading tea leaves. She, I can't remember her name. Professor. The first half of it has got branches and leaves. And the second half of it, Trelawney. Yes. Yes. Professor Trelawney. Well it's done, Rob. Trelawney. And on the left, we've got sort of wizard, wizard brackets general. No, I wouldn't say that's a gen wizard. Brackets general. I think so. Well, what's interesting about that? What's interesting about that is I think that. On the left, I think to get it would require knowledge of the films. The, you the, reckon? Yeah, the films do, I think, yeah, I dominate so. our imagination when it comes to, to, to characters and things. Rob, the, 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 the pattern on the cardigan that's being worn there, or the sort of throw, is, is a clue. Scottish. Yeah. yeah. Phil's got a clue as well. McGonagall. Yeah. Uh, Lovely stuff. Pop that, pop that on the socials. That's really good. Can I just say brava? Bravo. To Rob, to them. Brava. What's brava? Isn't that what like you said? 
<laughs> is that Welsh for bravo? <laughs> Okay, we have got a lot of muggle mail from, from Emir. Great. Long time friend of the show. Sorry, long time friend of the show. Emir, long time friend of the show. Okay. Um, so um, he said that he'd buy another calendar. <laughs> but mainly he'd buy another calendar because because it well mainly I think his girlfriend wants him to buy another calendar. Hello. Interesting. Um, he <laughs> had to move the, the calendar out of the bedroom. Wow. She she liked it too much. Blimey. Shut up. <laughs> you shouldn't tell Rob these things. No. <laughs> I tell you what, on that theme. <laughs> I was walking on that theme. I don't like on that theme. (laughs) I was walking. Hang on, let me just. uh, I was walking back from lunch the other day. You are, girls. And a woman walked up to me and gave me this card. What is I find you attractive. (laughs) What the F? Quite simply, I find you attractive. And on the other side, the reason for this card is. To brighten up your day and make you smile. And number two, if you're single and it sparks some intrigue, message me. And then there's her Instagram handle. So Give it to me now. Give me the Insta handle. So that's a little... uh... Rob, message us the Insta handle. Obviously, we're not going to put it out on the podcast. What have you kept with it? She must have had like a thousand printed. I'll pop that in the bin. Um, (laughs) No, because what happened was... Why have you got that to hand at your desk? What happened was, because <laughs> obviously in London, if, like she came up to me and I thought she was just asking for directions or something. She said she, she handed it and she said something about brightening my day, but I didn't really like register at the time. It's and then I turned around once I knew what it was because I wanted to see that she wasn't just handing them out willy nilly to everyone. How long did you watch her for? <laughs> Chased her down the street. <laughs> Wow, what a, what it's like that's like real life um bumble, isn't it? Where only the only the women can approach. Yeah. Like Rob, so... I reckon I reckon if you get in touch with her, no offense, mate, but I reckon it's probably an MLM. A what? An MLM. Yeah, maybe can probably we have the handle? Oh, in that case, you should definitely get in touch. For her pyramid scheme. Please can we have the handle on that? Because I okay. I'm gonna follow oh. her. What's worse? A continuing life as a character in a picture frame or as a person who's been kissed by the diamond dementors? I, do you know, I thought about this before. The, the picture frame folk are just sort of suspended there forever, like a ghost, which is pretty horrible. Because like this old woman's clearly not loving life and she can't escape. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have the kiss. It's really dead, though, is it? Well... We've had long conversations on yeah. the show before about this, so I don't think it's one we want to go into, Rob. Maybe do we want, want to go into the calendar images? What's your what's what's can, Emir after? Can, but yeah, can we? <laughs> I think I think Rob, hmm. there'll be a better time for us to talk to you about the portraits and what their nature is, what they are, how conscious they are. But it will be later in the book because okay. a lot. A lot goes on with portraits between now and the end of this book and between now and the end of the series. 
Rob, can I just ask, you know the card you got handed by the MLM woman? Yeah. Like, don't know what how, that means, but yeah. How much did that make your day? Did it make your day, your week, or your month? I think it made my week, yeah, because it was yeah. it was it was pretty fun. Rob, tell me now, was was she attractive? One to ten? No. Oh, oh mate, I said one to ten. Oh, sorry. That, no, you shouldn't relax. That's not nice. No, that's not nice. Your opinion. Yeah, but um, it is. She she started it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing saying whether you find someone attractive or not, and there's another thing ranking them out of 10. Yeah, I agree. It's reductive. Yeah, I would say that the 1 to 10 system gives you far more nuance. Yeah, but it's like... It's not a yes or no question, is it? Subjective, doesn't it? No, it makes it seem subjective for Rob. Anyway. Rob, just out of interest, how many times have you messaged so far? (laughs) (laughs) I've not. I've not. I've not messaged her. She's left you on red, hasn't she? <laughs> what would you choose as an anime guy? I genuinely wouldn't know how to message on Instagram. And a dog. Or, um, like quite a small but nimble bear. <laughs> like a baby bear. That's a dog. Small or nimble. A baby bear. Yeah, kind of black bear. Black bear, maybe they're a little bit smaller. Say it again. Right, Millers, next piece of muggle mail. What have we got? Okay, this is from Joanna. Um, she says, um, It's about the house elves. The way to free them is to present them with their master's clothes. Does this mean that house elves can't do the laundry? How do these ri- rich wizards wash, dry, and sort their clothes if they rely on a slave for all the other household tasks? Hmm. Or is it only if they pass? clothing directly to the elf that he grants freedom could they leave clothes in a designated area for the elf to deal with later i wonder if an elf was, was ever freed by accident if a child in the family threw clothes around and the elf caught them right is that who's that for is that for rob it's just for everyone i think okay okay i've got thoughts yeah go on phil what are your thoughts I just think it's more, it has to be, oh no, it doesn't have to be more to do with intention because that's not what happened with, they have to like intentionally be part of it. It can't just be like a piggy in the middle interception kind of jobby. I agree. And actually, if it wasn't for the one circumstance we know about, I would have thought it has to be like intentionally passing. Yeah. But we know that's not true. Um, so I I think, yeah, you, there could be like a pile of laundry and they could go and do it. That wouldn't be a problem because you haven't yeah. passed with them. Mm. Exactly. Um, I also think that like it probably just doesn't count with kids. Like you probably yeah. take orders if they're like not of age or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I think it wouldn't count if they were if they weren't of age they wouldn't because loads of these things are to do with like magical prowess aren't they so like yeah you know later on when there's a line so Rob you won't know this where it's like I don't think you'll count I'm talking yeah. about the do you know what I mean and I think um an underage wizard wouldn't be like classified as 
with the, I, I think I don't even think a house elf would have to take orders off them. I think most of them would, but I don't think they'd have to. Do you know what I mean? Not bound, not bound in the same way. Yeah. So, so basically, if you had Draco Malfoy and Lucius Malfoy giving Dobby when he was there as an order, Dobby would Lucius's would override Draco's. Yeah. Although we actually we do know that obviously they do sometimes if an underage wizard can be the master. Yeah, would have to obey that because Harry is. Yeah, but that's very much like Dobby's choice as well, isn't it? That's not what I was thinking about, but then I realised it that we. Yeah, I think we need to stop speaking. Yeah, we need to start talking about. Um, Rob's not listening, by the way. Yeah. It's glazed over okay. ages ago. Rob, what else a, do we have? This is a question for Rob. Oh, Hello. Rob, are you listening to this one? Big time. What do you think of the Mund- Mundungus character? Yeah, I sort of quite like him. I like a rogue, little sort of renegade, but he's clearly not a safe pair of hands. I don't know why he was ever left in charge. Um, Because, yeah, he's a bit of a, I like a sort of Del Boy sort of character. Mm. And I'd like to see who he's played by in the movies. Who is he played by? Is it Barry? And he's in it. Mm, No. He's not in the movies. Is he not? Oh, no, he is in it. He is in it. I don't it. think he's a big part, is he? He's definitely in it. I can picture him now. I can't picture him. I, I can picture him. And I can certainly hear Creature in the movies saying the words, Mundungus Fletcher, like that. Yeah. That's what I can hear. Um, by the way... Oh, the- yeah, God, this is not what I imagine him to look like at all. But I'm gonna send you a picture now of him in the in the movies, Rob. Okay. What else do we have while she's doing that? Yeah. The, by the way, these are from Miranda the Cheesehead. Yeah. Miranda. Oh yeah. Uh, how's it going? Um. She also says, Rob, what do you suppose the secret weapon could be? Mm-hmm. Oh God. Goodness, that's Why was that so loud? I don't know. That's Fletcher in the movies. Oh yeah, I know the fella. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good. Is that how is that how you see him? I see him as much softer. Yeah, no, I think that's a good representation of him. I'm mm. happy with that. It's not my bad. Doesn't have the ginger hair though. Yeah, I imagine Mandela's actually have a lot of hair. Rob, from Miranda, what do you suppose the secret weapon could be? Oh, I thought it was a big sword, didn't I? Big yeah. sort of memorial sword. What's, what's the word? Ornamental, symbolistic magic sword. Well, we have seen a sword like that in the series before, haven't we, Rob? Sword in the stone. No, in the <laughs> Harry Potter series. <laughs> literally, you're using all the words that apply to this sword. A big kind of antique symbol. symbol sword. I think you said symbolic sword. A sword. Remember? Remember? Do you remember? I don't remember. Do you remember I can't swords? I remember a sword. Rob, second book. Stabbing. Big snake. Eye shut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't remember because you had your eyes shut. You were unhappy. S- Harry had his eyes shut, but you couldn't figure out why. Sword. He used the sword, didn't he, to... The sword of... The snake. No. He killed the snake with the sword. And it oh, came out of the big hat. Yeah. What was that sword, Rob? Sword of Gru. 
You're one of them. You're yes, one of them, well. aren't you? You're sword one. Big Ruby in the hilt, sword of Ooh. sword of lads, sword of dog lovers. <laughs> no, you're one. You're one, aren't you? Sword of Gryffindor, Rob. <laughs> oh, sword of Gryffindor. Okay, sorry, don't remember that at all. Okay, brilliant. Um, Rob, would you had a sweep driving snack box? Definitely uh, not. No, I, oh, I, I'm such a loser. Oh, sorry. Uh, would I rather have a little square of dairy milk or something that's potentially going to make me vom for countless hours? Maybe you get out of the lesson and then you eat the other half and you're fine. I'd rather have the lesson and, you know, oh. get a proper career rather than <laughs> trying to run a failed joke shop. Oh, oh there's anything what failed, but it hasn't started oh, yet. Gosh. Shots thrown at the Weasley twins. Just Joke's think. on them, mate. Oh, Rob, have you changed your mind about Mrs. Black yet? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think we can safely say she's a wrong one. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't like her being swaddled. No, I understand. But now you know about the tapestry thing. Yeah, she's she's a wrong one, mate. Yeah. I've changed my mind. Thank you for all those questions, Miranda. Brilliant questions. Sorry, our organisation of reading them out is, is is horrific. What else do we have on Muggle Mail Millers? Anything? Just have a look. Oh dear. A, a baby. A baby Harkin. Harkin, a baby. What next, Millers? Did we see Doxies? Yeah, Doxies, yeah. yeah. Doxies are not um, Rob, this is from Lindsay Billington. Long time friend of the show. Um, she says, Rob, you are absolutely right. Sometimes Harry's treatment of Hedwig is appalling. He seems Big to forget or disregard that she has feelings at all. On a similar note, what did you think of the treatment of the doxies? Mrs. Weasley and the kids seem to be dealing with them as we would an infestation of ants or flies. But when they emerge from the curtains, they seem to have human-like characteristics. Yeah, I was going to bring this up at the time. I didn't like it one bit. Mm. I'm the kind of guy who never squashes a spider. So I didn't like the, the sort of fly spray element of freezing them casually paralyzing them yeah but they are like an infestation they are described as an infestation like they are doing bad to the house aren't they yeah but you know you're not bothered no it's all our shared world i just want to remind rob that they have they have venom of some mm. what would you do if you had doxies living in your curtains i don't know maybe box just box them all up maybe just box get rid of the off. curtains just get rid of the kids. Release them back into the wild outside. I just don't see that. I don't think that was an option. Well, Rob, that's all the muggle mail we have for you this week. So all that's left is to give you the chapters and send you on your way. So for the next episode, Rob, you'll be reading two more chapters. They are chapter seven, The Ministry of Magic. Thoughts? Yeah, you're looking forward to going to the ministry, seeing what that's like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a large, large organisation, Rob. It's only the really the minister, right, who seems a bit shambolic. So see what the whole, the whole place is like. And chapter eight, the hearing. Mm. <laughs> Knees weak, arms are heavy. Yeah, should be good. Um... I think that's it, Rob. I think you can go.
think you're done. You have a lovely evening, and we'll um, see you next time. Bye, everyone. Uh, bye. Uh, bye. 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 Uh, bye again. Yes. Right now, Rob has gone. Well, I mean, thoughts on what he said? AP. Oh, I think it's disgusting. No, PA. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's disgusting. I think he's absolutely disgusting. I think it's very harsh to give the Order of a Phoenix a P, but when I think about it, I suppose not a lot happens apart from the information at the end. Yeah, but I just think it is an exciting chapter. Yeah, I don't I, I do think it's a really exciting chapter. I think things happening, things start to tie together, the whole thing about the weapon. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's really good. We kind of start to learn a lot more about tensions, a lot more about like adult child dynamics, um, yeah. where the parental responsibility for how he lies like it's I, I think it's brilliant no yeah i'm obviously with you it's it's, it's never a p it's never a p it's never a p um and then he went a for the noble and most ancient house of black i think that's a bit harsh as well it's, good no, it's really harsh you learn a lot about sirius and his background there's there's the creature thing which i thought you would I mean, obviously he kind of liked that, but he kind of went off on a weird angle with it, thinking he's yeah. like, you know, a perv or something. It, it was, it, I think the loincloth doesn't help. I think that's immediately made Rob suspicious. Yeah, I agree. So let's do some outpost. What's your question? Tell me what's your question? What's your question? So we've got a bit of our post here from Guenevar. I'm sorry if I'm not saying your name correctly. So she says, agreed about Tonks. One of the biggest things that upset me over the whole series was that she never utilised her abilities. I think this is so true. Yeah, really Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted her, she, Guinevar says, I wanted her to go undercover at least once and save the day somehow. Yeah. Her could be a spin-off series. That's totally true. That would be a really cool spin-off, Tonks as an aura. Um, Tonks is one of those characters, I think, Um that has like a real like culty type following. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Like she's not in it loads, but she stands out loads. And I would say Luna is another one of those characters. Like yeah. they really like, and for me, like Lockhart as well. There's just yeah. something about them that they they are they are almost bigger characters than they ever materialize into they're just so big in your head yeah they make a massive impact comparative to their actual kind of like page time or, or yeah. screen, screen time if you will and um i would say again not not being too kind of you know going back to it but the movies maybe plays a bit of a part in that with lockhart and with luna i think they made a lot of both of those characters in the movies. Yeah. 
Um, whereas again, with Tonks, a bit like maybe JK, just kind of phoned it in a little bit with her in the last few books, didn't really develop her very much. And I feel like the movies go for that. They just, yeah, I agree. She's just drab. And mm, she is drab. A bit uninteresting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Guinevere, uh, Guinevere, sorry, concludes I dressed up for Tonks for three different Halloweens um, because it was such an easy costume for me to put together. No pictures, unfortunately. But I went to a local Harry Potter convention in 2003 Lovely. and had bubblegum pink hair and had 100 little kids following me around demanding autographs. It was so much fun. Oh, that's so cute. That is very Literally exactly 100. <laughs> exactly 100. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Um, next, the cheesehead, Miranda Evans. So... She has, since uh, the last chapter, so she's sending for four chapters here. She says, chapter three and four, uh, Alpost. Is there perhaps an age limit for sidelong apparition? Ooh. So I think this is in regard to why we were discussing sidelong doesn't happen in this book, and maybe Harry had to be a bit older for that to happen. Mm. Maybe, I suppose it's like as good a reason as any. Yeah. I think we all kind of agreed that you could find in-universe reasons for this not happening, but really it's just because JK hadn't really invented it yet. I agree. And then she just needed a device to get Harry and Dumbledore somewhere quickly, and there we go. That's all. Yeah. Um, she also said uh, for chapters five and six, so the chapters that we just talked about with Rob, Alpost, um, I wonder why Fred and George were on the receiving end of one of Ginny's bat bogey hexes. That's a nice question. Miranda, that's a good question. Maybe they apparated into her bedroom. Um, yeah, I reckon. She... As, Rob, as Rob suggested. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's the kind of thing that the twins would do just for a laugh. And then, like, Ginny would say something like, I could have been half naked. Yeah. And they would have been like, oh, my God, she could have been half naked. Like, they only just realised. I completely agree with that. I was going to say, because obviously they're so used to boys. Yes. And I, and I imagine Ginny, and, and because they won't look at Ginny as, like, a girl. No. They'll just see her as Ginny. Yeah, just but, a little Ginny. A little Ginny. Yeah. yeah, little baby Ginny. And I imagine that she'll she's probably at a point where she's starting to draw a line and say like these there are certain things that need to stop now yeah, that she's true. finding her own voice and going through like various different things so yeah I, yeah I think that's I'd love it if that was what it was yeah I reckon there's every chance they've they've apparated into her bedroom she's bat bogey hexed them because they've like scared scared her yeah and then they're like, oh, what are you doing? It was just, you know, it was just us. And she's like, mm-hmm. well, I could have been doing anything. So maybe don't. I reckon that's what's happened. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thanks for those, Miranda. Great questions. And then we have Megan Clark. Let's listen to this. What do you all think about Hermione essentially never seeing her parents during the later books? She is always at the borough before Harry gets there in Grimmauld Place. She's there for, it seems, the whole summer. 
Do you think Hermione's parents ever visit or at least stay a few days getting to know the Weasleys some? Maybe they stay for dinner. Maybe Hermione doesn't want to go home during breaks because her parents are always working full time. I think if I were Hermione's parents, I'd feel extremely anxious dropping my teenage daughter off at someone's house that I don't know very well for an extended period of time, especially considering that there are five to seven teenage boys or men in their 20s um, at the house with her. What do you all think? What a very, very interesting message, Megan. Phil? So uh, it's really tricky, isn't it? The whole Hermione's parents thing, because like, if I were Hermione's parents, I'd just be absolutely gutted. <laughs> just because like, I don't imagine that they'd be working full time throughout her holidays. I think they would save a couple of weeks because she's only home for a couple of weeks a year. They, they're both dentists, so they've got really stable jobs. It's not like they're business owners and therefore if if the term ending falls at a really busy period for them, they can't control that. Mm. So, no, I think they book time off to hang out with Hermione and Hermione's just desperate to get back to her school friends um and like the question of the boys and the fact that the thing is with Hermione though is she is so headstrong she is so intelligent she's so authentic I think if Hermione told me if I was Hermione's mum and she said to me oh they're completely trustworthy like I know it's not like that at all like I think I would trust her yeah I think I agree with you what I say is obviously Hermione is an only child and her parents, they kind of had her until the age of 11, you know, in, in the normal muggle way of having an only child. So they would have had her all throughout her childhood, spent a huge amount of time with her, probably contributed enormously to the kind of girl that she is, been super, super proud of her. And then this kind of extraordinary thing has happened, which has taken their control of the situation away quite quickly. And I'm sure that they probably suffer quite a lot for that, particularly in the early books. But in the early books, as Megan said, she she's just like she's going to boarding school. So she, she often goes home at Christmas, um, yeah. Easter, and then they see her all throughout quite a long summer. So they still get lots of like Hermione time in the early books. Then, and I think that's when they would have adapted to that. Yeah. Then, when it gets to the point where she's a bit older and maybe they see a bit less of her, particularly in the summers. I think at that point, if you're the parent of an only child for 15 years and they're like getting to the age of 15, 16, you probably have anticipated and expected, even in normal circumstances, that they are going to start taking more of an interest in their friends. Yeah. And that might involve them going, you know, seeing them a lot during the summer. Um, it is quite an extreme version of that because, yeah, she's like going to stay with them for an extended period of time. But I think they also probably just accept that it's an extraordinary circumstance that Hermione's a witch and they have are just making the decision based on 
this is what she really wants to do with her time. Yeah. Um, I wonder if... And we're going to let her do that. The safety thing, I think, is a really interesting point. But, mm. Phil, what did you want to say before I... I think they probably do stay for dinner when they drop her off and stuff because um, the only time when it's mentioned that the Grangers and the Wheezies are in the same vicinity, um, Mr Wheezy does go out of his way to talk to them. So mm. I imagine that more from the point of view of he wants to hang out with them, that they are always invited and encouraged to stay for dinner if they ever drop her off, you know, that and that if ever they go to pick her up, that there'd be an extended conversation there. And I think obviously they would pick up from Mr. and Mrs. Weezy that this is a really kind of loving, trustworthy family. I'm sure it's all pointed out. Oh, um, obviously Hermione's sharing a room with Ginny, blah, blah, blah. She won't be in with the boys, blah, blah, blah. You know, all of those kinds of things. And like you mentioned, there is a clear segregation between the girls and the boys in Hogwarts and the fact that it hasn't been revealed yet in the books, but obviously we know that the boys aren't physically able to enter the girls' dormitories. Yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah, so I think, I think I can't remember which wonderful real fan it was who mentioned it, but like it's kind of like one of those untold stories that the Hermione parents, you know, they've know, got yeah. bit of an untold story. It's something that the book might have benefited from, but yeah, word count and the number of pages, I'm I'm sure JK probably couldn't even consider it because it's too no. much. But I do agree. I think when they drop her off, um there would be some level of socializing yeah obviously it couldn't go too deep because like culturally it's just like they don't have anything to talk about Mm. or it would just be like really annoying and awkward for the the grangers to be kind of pestered by mr weasley but i think they'd get enough of a vibe off of ron's parents yeah um to get that this is a safe place yeah hermione seems to be safe in this place we we do trust her she's really mature and like I say, at the end of the day, she's a 15-year-old girl. Maybe she doesn't want to spend so much time with us. Yeah. Um, maybe they've got other things that they're that they're happy to do and let her be let her be a kid. Yeah. So let's come back to this one, which Rob uh couldn't hear. Um it is from it's from wedding photographer. Okay, here we go. Oh yeah. Let's go, let's go. Hey guys, so pleased to have you back. Loving the podcast as always. Um, I was wondering what you think Dudley saw when he was attacked by the Dementors. Now, I originally thought it would be things like having, you know, no presents for Christmas and not being able to eat sweets and things like that. But I thought, mm, let's think a little bit deeper. So then I thought, would it be something in a similar vein, in a similar vein of what you guys were saying about Aunt Petunia's jealousy of her sister? Would there be some sort of, I don't know, not fear of magic, but yeah, I don't know. I can't quite finish that thought. What do you guys think? Thoughts, Phil? Hmm, that's an interesting one. Like, what would Dudley see or feel when the Dementors were nearby? Um, that is tough, isn't it? 
I think he'd probably feel like isolation or something. That's what I imagine. Like we all know King bullies are cowards. True. So it's gonna be some maybe it's like it would be something to do with people turning on him and treating him the way he's treated yeah. other people. Yeah. So it maybe it would be to do with yeah maybe like coming home maybe it would be to do with his parents well he's a teenager so teenagers your peers and what your peers think of you is the most important thing so maybe it was would have been to do with like the gang suddenly turning on him mm. something like that it's, it's, it's the kind of thing of like it kind of begs the question, like, is it normal to kind of hear, imagine, hallucinate something with the Dementors? Because most wizards don't. They just get all creeped out and feel horrible. Yeah. It's actually a little unusual that Harry has such an extreme response and he faints. Yeah. Quite a lot of made, quite a lot is made of that in, um, the prisoner of Azkaban. So I don't know if it's an absolute given that Dudley would hear he transported uh, to yeah. a time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he'd hallucinate here or see anything. Obviously, he just is hit with depression. They're, they're like a representation of deep, deep depression. I think J.K. Rowling's like on uh, on the record of saying that that that's what they were inspired by. So if Dudley was depressed, I imagine self-hatred. Yeah. Self-hatred, which I'm sure Dudley must have deep down. He knows that he's a bully. He knows that he's cruel. He probably knows that what his parents have done to Harry is cruel deep down. Yeah. So Dudley might, might be overcome with a feeling of deep self-hatred in that moment. Yeah, I agree. And like he says, the only thing he says is like, doesn't he say like, felt like I'd never be happy again? Yeah. And ultimately that's it. He has that like rock bottom feeling essentially. Yeah. A feeling of I can't, can't move, you know. Can't, yeah. Can't move right now. So yeah, great question. And Maybe there was... you just suddenly realised like Big D is just a shit name. <laughs> it could be that. It's just like. Fuck, I've just like yeah. had an out-of-body experience and realised I sound like an absolute loser. It could be that. Um, and a follow-up from our same real fan here. So the traces always really annoyed me because I kind of assumed first time round that the trace was like wand specific. Mm. So it wasn't that the magic happened in a certain place, but that a particular wand was used that shouldn't have been. So that's annoying. But I wonder, given that it is, you know, it is the place the magic happens, I wonder when Tonks does magic uh, at Privet Drive, because it, do you think there would be an effect of having an aura there because of the nature of their job? Um, you know, being very secretive and stealthy and things like that. I wonder if the presence of an aura in some way counteracts or hides the trace. Not sure. Thoughts, Phil? 
yes i i like that so i wonder if it's to do with like the trace picks up um magic happening somewhere where like and and it's not within the vicinity of an adult witch or wizard so maybe the moment an adult witch or wizard is there it it's not picked up by the trace do you know what i mean yeah i mean we've seen we've seen and we see similar instances um with mr weasley blasting yeah uh fireplace open we've seen we see dumbledore go there and do a fair bit of magic in the next mm -hmm. i think the thing that we talked about before is what distinguishes those is that they're sort of above board so mm, yeah weasleys have connected the private drive to the flu network so there's a kind of pre-warning that there's going to be magic there you know maybe someone's been in charge with the improper use of magic office or whatever it yeah. is magic and said look between this time and this time can any like uh trace tripping magic performed at the residence of harry potter just be written off to the fact that arthur weasley will be there yeah and the muggles you know they know about the magical world so it's not going to be a big deal so magic may be done or may be needed yeah so and then again that's the same with dumbledore because it's uh scrimger in charge at this point isn't it who dumbledore has a you know okay relationship with yeah like i'm gonna go get harry potter um has harry come of age at that point as well yeah harry's old enough by then it's not, so that's not a big deal then this is the only one and I suppose this one is a bit like side along where like there are workarounds, there are things you can think of to make it not a plot hole. Mm. That aura suggestion is as good as anything. Um, although the kind of counterpoint to that would be, well, if the ministry detects more magic happening at Privet Drive, even though they've already said to Harry, you're at a hearing. Yeah. And a warning. And then they they detect it, and then they look into it, and they're like, "Oh, there's an aura there." Yeah. They're going to be like, "Well, what the heck? What is an aura doing there?" Yeah. Which is not the point of the advance guard. It's it's a, supposed to be a clandestine, under the under the yeah. you know undercover uh, way of getting him out safely. So for me, it's just a plot hole. For me, it's just there is no good solution to it. Yeah. It's, can, it's really tricky. Up, we can tie ourselves in knots, but it's just a plot hole. It's it's solved. It's just solved by um well, it's solved by Tonks being like, Well, we can't use magic. So we're gonna have to pack your bag without it. Yeah. She walks in, she's like, Oh, what a what a mess. Something yeah. like that. And she she's like we know a little bit of time has to pass because they're waiting for a signal and there's really no reason why it couldn't just be like throw it in yeah T tonks is like well you can't use magic harry we're gonna have to pack this together yeah and, and you know it's just as quick for the author to say harry and tonks tonks chunked everything in and um they had to clean out hedwig's cage manual yeah. you know harry was used to that so he did that yeah. You know, it could have been done really easily to make that point of like, well, we can't use any more magic. 
Yeah, uh, I agree. Again, there could be comedy in that because Tonks is like, she's a wizard. She's wizard, mm. a witch, sorry, through and through. She's never been in a muggle. I think her dad's a muggle. Yeah, Ted Tonks. Yeah, but she's come from muggle, like pure blood, pure blood family. So there mm. could have been some comedy in that of her, you know, trying to pack a bag. She can't do it with magic, let alone without. Thanks so much for the messages, wedding photographer. And we're so sorry that we, that your name has has slipped our attention. Where are we now? Deep dive. Right, deep dive. Millers isn't here at the moment, but let's you and me just talk about this. Yeah. Are you team Mrs. Weasley or team Sirius? Because you asked Rob that question. Well, the tricky thing is, is that I'm 100% team serious. However, it neglects the fact that Dumbledore has said he can't know everything. Mm. Um, and the fact that we know that there's a reason behind that. And so, I, yeah, I'm, 100, I'm very much team Lupin. So I think because, because Dumbledore has said, oh, that is really important that Harry doesn't know everything. Mm. But ultimately, there's a massive issue in the fact that he's not told everything. That, that's what actually causes more problems. I think he's 15. I'm very much of this opinion. Like, kids need to know what they're up against. Like, yes, if you can withhold information from them to, like, keep them innocent for longer, yeah, that is great. But there's no protecting him at this stage, I don't think. I'm team serious. I don't necessarily agree with like all of Sirius's motivations for that because I think lots of Sirius motivations for that is um because he's like he is vicariously living through Harry and he does struggle to distinguish the difference between Harry and James so I don't agree with his motivations but I do completely and I do think of course Harry needs to know this stuff he is he is mature enough and um actually withholding it from him has a much worse effect in the long run anyway yeah it's well i think this conversation is a major mistake mm. i think everyone makes big mistakes the first person that makes the mistakes is dumbledore mm-hmm. by withholding everything and Dumbledore comes to that realisation, as we know, by the end of the book. Yeah. I think that Sirius makes a mistake by being spiteful, basically, towards Dumbledore. Yeah. He knows these are Dumbledore's orders, but Dumbledore's orders are also for him to stay inside and do nothing. And he's yeah. feeling really resentful and spiteful, and this is his little way of getting back. I think that... Mrs. Weasley, Mrs. Weasley, basically, it's not really a mistake that she makes, but she she loses the argument, even though she's kind of got everything on her side. Yeah. She kind of gives in a bit too easily for me in the end. And I think that Arthur and Lupin failing to back her up also kind of don't handle the situation perfectly either. Because it's like not telling Harry anything is a mistake. Mm. But also 
giving him like this kind of scant information. Yeah, it doesn't really work. Sets him off on a kind of like conspiratorial obsession whereby he's trying to outfox Voldemort. He's on hyper alert. Mm. And that's obviously what ends up, you know, because he can't clear this stuff out of his mind. That's what ends up being the thing that triggers the series of events at the end of the book. Yeah. Um, so basically nobody handles this perfectly. Nobody handles no. it well, but it's all like a like a domino effect coming down from Dumbledore. It's all downstream from Dumbledore's ultimate mistake, which is yeah. to preclude Harry from everything. The other question was, which we covered a little bit with Rob and Millers and I had a bit of a discussion about when we were preparing for the episode. It's like, was it worth all of that hassle and like belly aching just to tell him what he learned? Um, which Miller yeah. seems to think that he didn't learn very much, but I stand by my theory that when you don't know what you don't know, even knowing a little amount eradicates a huge amount of possibilities. I think, yeah, I think he finds out. Um, ultimately, they don't know um, how much they've learned already from the Extendable Years. They mm. do know of the existence of the Extendable Years because Harry mentions, it's mentioned that they've been confiscated and all of these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but like he does find out, he does find out a, a decent amount. I I know what you mean. Like yeah, they, I mean, the truth could be anything. Harry doesn't know what they're going to say. He's like his first, his first question is like, "Where's Voldemort?" Yeah. The answer to that question could be literally anything. Yeah. So when you don't know that concrete information, your mind races. Yeah, absolutely. You invent all kinds of scenarios that you worry about being the truth. Mm. So as soon as they say he's keeping a low profile, you know, that immediately precludes the possibility that there's going to be any kind of like imminent conflict with Voldemort. Absolutely. And also, like, he didn't know, he doesn't he was just assumed that there'd been all these deaths that weren't being reported. So yeah. that's something else he learns. As far as we know, there haven't been any, and actually we know a decent amount. Mm. He learns what the order are doing, what they're focusing on, what Dumbledore's been doing. Mm -hmm. um, he learns, like, it hadn't occurred to him the fact that, oh, this is going to be the strategy of Voldemort to keep a low profile so that he can operate in the shadows. He learns loads. Yeah, that's, I, I think he learns loads. Um, but, you know, Rob, maybe Miller's saw it slightly differently of like, well, it wasn't worth having that whole argument about. I don't agree. And But I think I think what's difficult is... Just everything... want to say, neither Rob nor Miller's are here right now to defend, no. to defend that point of view, to be fair. I, but I think what's difficult is that everything he learns, unfortunately, just opens up more questions. That might be, yeah, that might be the the big issue with it, as we've talked about. It's which is how knowledge works. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Anyway, I don't think there was anything else that I particularly wanted to go to into on the deep dive in this. I think Regulus Black might be something we come back to in the future. 
Um, but I would say, you know, there's a great point at the end of the book where we can talk about all of that. So thank you for listening to the Harry Potter Virgin. Can I just say before we shut oh, down, just this if, is got something to say, part two, Phil. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, say JK Rowling is listening. Oh yeah, if you're out there, JK. I think it's a brilliantly written chapter. Yeah, it's not a P. Listen, like an absolute like. Do not go to bed tonight thinking I'm rubbish at writing because you, you are good at writing, like really good. Yeah, it's not a P. It's not it's an not A. not a P. Yeah, it's not a P and it's not an A. Like, it's an A bloody star. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Doing this for two hours, it's time to go. Right. Okay, I'm just trying to remember what I said in Welsh. Okay, got it. Okay, thank you for listening to the Harry Potter Virgin. Our theme tune was an original composition by Patrick Steed. Our jingles were original compositions by Philippa Thomas, Emily Tonks, and Craig David. It's goodbye from Philippa. Nessie goes out ruin. Seen nabods of Wardy, though. I think I got all that wrong. And good night from me. <laughs> <laughs> Please come back.